3: Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone. I made it. I was really hustling, trying to get here on time, but I'm here And you are here, and that is what counts the most. Listen, of course, as always, we have a lot of show to bring you. Yeah, we kind of, in the last couple of weeks, we just had some scheduling, guest, high-profile people are very busy, but hey, we've got a whole new lineup today, starting right now with our first guest. Well, if you're in Las Vegas and you're visiting, thank you for Always coming to Las Vegas, of course. Come back some more. In fact, you just go ahead and move here. But anyway, like I did. But uh, if you are in a party mood and if you are visiting Vegas, that's what it's all about. And if you don't have enough to do or if you do have enough to do and you want something extra to do tonight, I got something for you. And it is totally free. It's an event that our first guest is going to tell us more about. Later tonight... Let me get all the details right in the front of me here. Later tonight at the Cosmo, Cosmopolitan Ho- Hotel, there will be an official Las Vegas launching party uh, at this venue in the Cosmo called the Barber Shop. Yes, it starts at 8 p.m. You can get there a little bit before 8. But what it's all about, again, is the official Las Vegas launching of a new... uh libation, new spirit drink called uh, The Producer Mezcal. That's what it's called. And I will tell you all about his producer Mezcal. And it is launched, the new brand is launched in conjunction with a partnership with a uh, Grammy award-winning producer, influential artist, and entrepreneur Swiss beats and Swiss will be there. He will be there tonight. Again, it starts around eight o'clock. I heard, and we'll ask our guests this in a, in a moment here, that uh, before eight. hopefully they haven't confirmed it yet, but he Swiss will possibly be doing um, some autograph sessions uh, because he's launching and introducing, premiering a new album Yeah. So this is going to be fantastic. So, uh, again, it is the, it's called the producer Mezcal, the new drink brand. And again, it's done in partnership with Swiss beats and there will be other very talented bands and musicians there as well. So it's going to be a night of great drinks, great networking the beautiful Cosmo Hotel, and just have a lot of fun. It's just more fun. And plus, we'll introduce you to a brand new libation uh, brand that that okay, is coming up one week, the Super Bowl. So this might be a drink you want to include on your party uh, drink list for your Super Bowl parties. And I'm just going to turn it over to our guest. I had the opportunity to talk to him earlier today. We had to record it. Want to apologize for the audio sound of it because we were, we had to do it over a cell phone. And so the audio might be a little, little iffy, iffy. You know how cell phones can do us. Sometimes they're great and sometimes they can be crazy, but we can still hear what he has to say. But the main thing is please turn out for this event. Again, it's at the Cosmo it's at the barbershop uh, venue inside the hotel. It starts around eight o'clock tonight. Swiss Beats will be there. The New Masters Quintet will be there. And Swiss will be introducing the world to a brand new uh, album of music that he has uh done, and it will all take place there. So uh, let me go over, we're going to switch over to uh, my interview with Carlos Seda and he is a spokesperson for the Producer Mezcal series and this is going to be uh, from what he's told me and, and from the website is this is a fantastic uh, new brand that you can uh, and all of us can go check out and their website is producermezcal.com and that's spelled m-e-z-c-a-l.com so again producermezcal.com and you can also follow them on Instagram, and so they're going to uh, have these launch parties, not only in Las Vegas, but also throughout California, New York, and Texas. And so I understand they're going to do several uh, up the road here in Las Vegas. So if you can't make it tonight, you can definitely, hopefully make it at some new upcoming uh, launch events that they will have as the brand continues to expand. So let's switch my over to my interview with Carlos from earlier today, this morning.
2: Everybody, we are back with uh, more film festival radio show with me, Janice Malone, right here in beautiful, sunny Las Vegas. And for those of you who are in the Midwest and on the East Coast, I still love you. Anyway, we have our first guest here. His uh, name is Carlos And he has, he is one of the spokespersons, I should say, of a really, it sounds like an exciting, delicious new uh, libation brand, as we can say. It's called the Producer Mezcal. And Carlos, first of all, welcome to Film Festival Radio Show.
1: Thank you very much, Janice. It's a pleasure to be uh, to be here with you and excited yeah. to be in, in Las Vegas, sunny Las Vegas.
2: So where is a uh, home for you? Um, home for me is
1: Oaxaca, um, down in Mexico. Oaxaca is on it's on the west, Paci- west Pacific co- uh, coast of, of the country. Okay, okay. I'm very familiar
3: with it. I have friends from that region beautiful areas in here have
2: told me so you are one of the they said one of the spokespersons for a big event that will be taking place later tonight at the beautiful uh, the barbershop within the cosmopolitan uh, hotel here so tell us what is producer Mezcal all about and tell us about this event that's going to take place later tonight of course yes um, so Producer Mescal
1: is a, is a brand that we launched um, late last year. Um, we actually started in, in, in New York. And we're going to be focusing on, on the Nevada and specifically the Las Vegas market and California and Texas. Right, and here because we have great connections and we believe that Mezcal is still underrepresented in Vegas, and there's a great opportunity for people to get to know this this wonderful spirit called Mezcal. Mezcal uh, is, is, a, is, is a spirit made out of agave and is supposed to, it's called tequila. It, can be made out of a lot of different agaves, right? So Mexico has a lot of these agaves, so specifically Oaxaca. And for us, for uh, the producer, mezcal, we have two offerings right now. One is uh, an ensemble which is our kind of our entry-level mezcal, which is, um, it contains, it's, it's a blend actually, it's espadín and cuiche,
2: details about this event uh later tonight and uh, is it open to the public or just tell us what's going to happen yes, so this
1: event is um is part of our our class series that um that we're doing at the uh, at the barber shop here at the at the cosmo and it's our first event actually we're, we're proud to do our first event in in vegas along with with swiss beats and so it's, um, he's actually learning, he, he's celebrating and he's launching his album with with a band called Twelve on Twelve and with the New Masters Quintet. But so it's it's the start. It's at 8 p.m. It's a future. anyone that's listening, come around. We're gonna have a courtesy a courtesy break. And we're also going to be doing three three specialty cocktails that are special for this event. And yeah, we would love to come. We would love to see you around and have a great time at the barbershop with us and get to know, listen to great music and get to know our our
2: and so this is an event, it's a launch party for um, the Metcal and also for Swift Beats album. Now, is this a free event for the whole public or
3: is there a charge or what? No, it's completely
1: free. So I would just suggest, if you want to come around, just get there early, early-ish, you know, um, or up just before, before eight. And, um, and yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's, drinks are going to cost, so we're going to have a courtesy drink when you come in. But um, yeah, it's, it's free, and, and we want you to try our mezcal and listen to great music. We're really excited to, to listen to this album and, um, you know, to have some nice, around mezcal, or around a nice cocktail with mezcal, with is with his team, with Twelve on Twelve, with the Masters Quintet, and with and also a lot of the of the partners for the producer. Mezcal is going to be here, so we're really happy to to have this going on. Uh,
2: do you know if there will be any opportunities, photo ops that will quickly, be, you know, have a maybe ten or fifteen minutes to take pictures with the? or do you know yet? There, there is going to be uh
1: album signage which I believe it's going to be before and if it's, it's going to be from 7 to 8 okay. I, I do have to confirm if, if it's from 7 to 8 or 8 to 9 but there is going to okay. be an opportunity. Okay,
2: well that's I know a lot of other listeners, they're fans of Swift Beats, and then the other music the other people that will be there as well. And if anything, just to uh, get a sampling of, uh, you know, this, this new spirit. So we are in Super Bowl season here in the States, of course. So, uh, uh, yep. yeah. So, so any suggestions, any mixed drink specials that you could suggest that are popular with this uh, spirit, that it will be good
1: for Super Bowl parties, or look, what? Look, I'm, 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 I'm Mexican, and in Mexico we drink mezcal meat with a nice cold beer on the side. Preferably a, a nice Mexican Pacifico beer, maybe a Corona or a Modelo, and that's how we drink it down in Mexico. But, the truth is, is that maybe maybe people up here like their cocktails, and we have some house cocktails. So if you want to do something simple, I would recommend that you mix it with. You can make a it's a, you can make a mezcal mule with ginger and soda water, and that that tastes really really good. You could also mix it with um with any with any kind of citric, you know, pineapple. Um, or even a mezcal margarita is going to be really nice, and your and your big bowl of guacamole, and you'll be ready to
2: enjoy the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, that's the margarita. That would be me right there. That's that's enough. Yeah, I love <laughs> me margaritas. So that's, uh, well, final question: Can can you drink it just straight if you just are that brave or, or what? Uh, mescal, can you can you can you drink it straight? Is your question?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes, of course. I mean, mescal is meant to be drank straight, right? So, mescal, if it's well balanced and well made, as our mescals are made, um, you can sip it, and you, and you can swirl it around your mouth, and you can, you know, and and, and maybe you can have a, a beer next to, the, to, to it, and then swallow down beer with it, but. I would just say, that especially a Tepestate, uh, which is our higher-end mezcal, that's something that you will definitely would want to have. me.
2: <laughs> now, I understand that later uh, in the fall, that there will be uh, other uh, selections added to this lineup. Is that correct? That is, that is correct. Um, you know, mezcal can
1: be made out of, Forty different price of agaves, so there's a whole world of of mezcals that that are out there, right? And I, and and I would love to bottle all those all those mezcals and put them out there, but it's too confusing for the public, especially when you're a new when you're a new brand and a new kid on the block, as we are. Um, we don't want to confuse people, so right now we're we're launching with two with SKUs with the ensemble and the but our plan is to. Widen our, our selection, and we, we are gonna we are gonna launch um, an Arroqueña, which is another wild agave, uh, an agave that takes twelve to sixteen years to mature. We might have some tomorrow's for people that are really interested. I'll, I'm I'm gonna have a couple of bottles on me, and I'll be happy to serve some people if they're really interested. And and we're planning to launch that around April May. And and it's going to be a limited edition because we only have 1,200 liters, and we're going to put those out to you know the specialty accounts and to people that really appreciate that. And that's how we're going to be working um, with our with our partner and producer, um, Juan Pacheco, with limited editions that we're going to keep, we're, we're going to bring out for people that really appreciate mezcal and want to indulge.
2: Uh, continue to launch uh, other uh, versions of mezcal. Will there be launch parties here in Vegas as well in the future? Well,
1: we we do plan on doing more um, more um, more events. We do. Uh, we still don't know what what kind of events yet. I mean, this this cut series that um, our our best, our first event tonight. It's gonna be the it's gonna be the first one, and we do want to do other stuff with with other artists. We want to do we want to do stuff with artists in not only in the U.S. but in Mexico. We also want, we're also focusing on the culinary side, so we're, we're we're doing collaborations with chefs, with Mexican chefs and Mexican bartenders, and we do intend to do a lot way more events over here in Vegas. And once we have more. We will be happy to invite you and invite your audience uh, to to join us if you're interested.
2: Oh, I am already interested. I'm thinking Margarita and Riz (laughs) right now as we speak. But before we can Uh, uh, get to the immediate future, we're going to deal with tonight. And so once again, give us the details and invite our our listeners one more time.
1: Of course. Uh, So it's tomorrow. Uh, Sorry. So it's tonight. At 8 p.m. at the barbershop, shop in, which is right inside of the Cosmos. So it's a, the show will run from eight to eleven, and um, and we'll be listening to to an album and sipping sipping great cocktails and and sipping great mezcal by itself, and hopefully having deep and meaningful conversations around it, around mezcal and around nice and around music.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And again, like you said earlier, uh, uh musician, producer, entrepreneur with Beats will be there watching and need some new music, so it's going to be music, great spirit drinking, and uh, hopefully
1: a lot of good conversation about sports and everything else in between. Exactly. Yeah.
2: Well, Carla, thank you so much for sharing with us. I wish I was sipping on something right now, but that's okay. We'll do it later. You. <laughs> I'll see,
1: you. Hey, I'll see you. I'll see you later. Uh, uh, hopefully I'll see you later and we can chat around a few mezcals oh. and I'll give you more details on each and every one of them and you'll see how the conversations will never end when you're, when you're sipping mezcal. Oh yeah, I can't
2: wait. I can't wait. Oh, we're not too far from the cosmos. So uh, yeah, I shall be there, and um, please come back. The next launch party that you have here in Vegas, we'd love to hear the next phase of how this is all rolling out. So thank you again for being with me. Okay, thank you, Janice. Have a beautiful day.
1: Okay, you too. Bye-bye.
3: Okay, we are back with more of Film Festival Radio Show with me Janice Malone here. And want to bring you our next guest here. So, starting on Monday night, February 7th, the Smithsonian Channel will kick off their Salute to Black History Month with a very powerful new Docu-series titled 1000 Years of Slavery, The Untold Story. And the executive producers of this docu-series are Angela Bassett, actor, actress, and her husband, Courtney B. Vance. Now, this is a four-part limited series, and it will cover and, and uncover the truth, a lot of unknown details about over a thousand years of slavery around the world, not just in America and the Caribbean. It's uh, all over the world that this uh, doctor series will cover. Plus, there will be all types of um, celebrities, leading black actors and actresses, influencers, politicians will also be interviewed as well. And That brings me to my next guest. His name is Shannon Lanier, and he is a contributor to this series. He's also a veteran television host, social media influencer, and a best-selling author. His book is titled Jefferson's Children, the Story of One American Family, and it's follows his journey to uncover the history behind his heritage as a ninth generation direct descendant of President uh, Thomas Jefferson and Sally Hemings. So yes, he is a ninth generation descendant of President uh, Thomas Jefferson and Sally Hemings. So he has a book that's all about it. We'll talk to him more about his book at a later time. But uh, let's bring Shannon on so that we can get more details about his input and about this docu-series, 1,000 Years of Slavery, The Untold Story on the Smithsonian Channel that will be coming up on Monday night. So let's bring Shannon on right now. Well, hello, Shannon. such a pleasure to chat with you today.
4: Well, how hey are there, Miss Janice? It's
3: a pleasure to be here. Well, you happen to be uh, in my hometown, my home city of Houston.
4: Oh, and I just moved. Oh, no!
3: Okay. Was I'm a whole city behind yeah. then. Well, let's just jump uh, right... I
4: loved
3: it, though. Oh, yeah, except for the humidity, but that's another story. <laughs>
4: i like that too right right
3: right (laughs) oh you're good you're better than me on that one well shannon okay uh we have of course gathered here together this morning uh black history month is beginning and i understand that you have an amazing uh part of an amazing project that will be airing on the smithsonian channel docu-series one thousand years of slavery the untold story executive produced by Angela Bassett and her husband, Courtney B. Vance. So tell us all about this docu-series, and when does it start?
4: You have to see it, Janice. Let me tell you, tell everyone, February 7th is the Monday. That's next Monday, February 7th, and every Monday in February, this will be airing at 8 p.m., and it is just powerful. When you go to the Smithsonian, Smithsonian channel to watch this docu-series every Monday. You will be shocked every Monday. You'll be wild every Monday. You'll be just empowered to want to learn more, to want to go deeper, because we're talking about a thousand years of slavery here. And uh, a lot of times in the U.S., the only thing we learn about is the slaves that were brought here from Africa and maybe the last 400 years of that, you know. So, now you're going deeper. You're peeling the onion back and, and revealing the depth and impact that this industry because it was an industry for most places industry has had on the global perspective of who these people are what slavery is where people came from and what they did with it when they were enslaved it was so interesting to learn how of course some people didn't want to live in slavery so they revolted and they fought back and these people were in bondage well, had enough and they said enough enough so we're going to fight back and this docuseries you really learn in the first episode's What they did to fight back, and who was successful and who wasn't, and that was that was powerful. That was like watching a Marvel
3: series. (laughs) Wow, I can't wait to see this. Oh my goodness, because I'm always I'm such a history buff here. But now, as you mentioned, um, oh, but you
4: know what, Janice, Uh the good thing is even if you sorry to cut you off I no. just want to say that even if you're not a history buff you're mm-hmm. going to love this because my kids were watching part of it with me and they were like intrigued I was like oh they're, they're going to watch this too so they were I was surprised that they liked it so much and just wanted to learn more because it's like wow that happened that really happened to people like yeah mm-hmm. it happened I think people don't even realize it's such horrible, horrific things. Yes, we know they were in change, but it goes far deeper than that. But also, it's not all, you know. Woe is me, also. So don't feel like you're going to be, you know, beat over the head with this whole slavery thing the whole time. You're learning things about history. You're learning things about my family, and you're uh, the descendants of Thomas Jefferson and Sally Hemings. And you're learning all of these things that will really enlighten you and empower you as well.
3: Now, uh, I know we're. I, I wish I had at least another ten hours to talk with you because you yourself uh your lineage is just rich and breaming over uh not only are you a, a television host best-selling author but i understand that you are one of the ninth generation descendants of thomas jefferson and sally Hemings. that's a whole nother conversation with me and you uh that i would love to explore uh-huh. <laughs> my goodness, uh, and I think I'm going to save this question for a future request to talk to you further, but uh, in my, the minutes that I have left now, I understand that 1,000 Years of Slavery, the untold story, there are several celebrities that are commenting uh, that are a part of the docuseries. Tell us about that. Oh,
4: yeah, I mean, the fact that Angela B., Angela Bassett and Courtney v. Vance produced this, I mean, that just speaks to the volume of people they were able to get, and they got everybody and anybody they wanted. Dr. Bernice King is in this, you know, Senator Cory Booker, Soledad O'Brien, Mark Morial, Valerie Jarrett, Debbie Allen, I mean, the impact that she's had, Dwelle Hill, I mean, so many people agreed to do this project because they saw the importance of it, they saw the impact that it could have, and they really wanted to enlighten people about slavery and, and not, again, take it from a depressing point, but just talk, taking it from an educational perspective and learning so much and how it Touch so many people from Africa to the Caribbean, from New Orleans to Istanbul. You really get to see the global impact, and it's like it's not, like I've never seen it done before.
3: Let's touch on the uh, Istanbul connection really fast here. Uh, t- tell us a little bit about that—the the whole connection with slavery in Istanbul.
4: Now, if we told you, everything, Janet, she wouldn't watch the series. You got to no. wait till 17, no. eight, 8 Eastern time on Monday to watch them. But I will tell you that it, it, it's amazing the impact that it had, because you got to remember a lot of these slave ships, they stopped at different ports. They, they took people, they got people, they left people. And, you know, they needed things from food to supplies and different things. So it. Touched so many different places, even before slavery got to the U.S., that it was impacted, whether it was slaves of war or slaves of treason or slavery from any type of element. And there are different types of slavery, too, because you have those that were just cattle, those were just, you know, a financial gain, those that were, you know, like I said, prisoners of war that were being held there for different reasons. But, you know, there was even a section that talks about white slavery in Europe. So you get all of these things in a different perspective from what you – thought you knew or what you originally learned about slavery. So that's why it's so eye opening for a lot of people because you do have all of these layers.
3: Well, I think this series, not only is it educational and very informative, but in this whole era right now about the debate about critical race teaching and such, it's very timely. So it just blends right in um, with what's going on today. Um My last question here, is this a docu-series that will appeal to non-African-American people?
4: totally. And that's what, you know, I don't want people to be afraid of or think that they're trying to, uh, you know, blame anyone or, you know, make people feel bad about this. And, And that's, too, with critical race theory, you mentioned that. I think this is just an opportunity, as critical race theory is, to learn the truth. You know, it's not that we want to make everyone feel bad or do anything like that. It's just like, hey, this is the truth. History is supposed to be something that we learn and not just make it his story, but make it the true story. And so that's what we're just trying to do to tell the truth. I mean, it's that basic, There's nothing really insightful about it. You know, simple things like tell people, Christopher Columbus did not discover America. Stop saying that. Like, why don't we still perpetuate this story? I mean, simple things like that. Look what you did That's critical race theory. Bam, we're just telling the truth and telling it like it is. And so um, I don't think people need to be afraid of that. I don't think people need to be afraid of this documentary. Just be have an open mind and open heart to be ready to learn. And learn be, something new.
3: And before we we shut it down, I've got to plug your book, everyone. His book is, the Jefferson's Children: The Story of One American Family. Is your book, Shannon? I have got to have you back on the show to talk about your book and your lineage. How can I, uh, your publicist? Is it the same person that connected this interview or what? What?
4: Anybody who wants to find me can always find me on social media at Mr. Shannon Lanier. Very easy to get a hold of me and my team will uh, reach out to you. I'm most active on Instagram uh, and TikTok. So make sure you follow me at Mr. Shannon Lanier on Instagram and TikTok. Got a shameless plug out there. But yeah, definitely reach out and uh, let's make something happen.
3: Wonderful. We're going to do that. So, again, thank you so much. Again, the docuseries is 1,000 Years of Slavery The Untold Story, airing starting Monday, the 7th, and every Monday throughout February uh, on the Smithsonian Channel in honor of Black History Month. Again, thank you so much, Shannon, for your work.
4: You got it. Thank you so much for what you do as well.
3: Okay. Bye bye. Okay, who does not recognize the music, that theme song? Oh my goodness, we know we're going to laugh when we uh, hear that music. Of course, that is uh, a portion of the theme song to the beloved classic comedy series, I Love Lucy. And that brings me to our next guest. Uh, His name is Jeff Holman. He's a veteran comedic actor. And uh, some critics have said that he just literally... Steals the show in the highly anticipated new film Being the Ricardos, which is uh, in select theaters around the country. And it is also now streaming on Amazon Prime. And of course, it is uh, about... Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz, just a portion of uh, their amazing career and uh, the the fascinating life that they had. So uh, our guest here, as I said, he stars as uh, the act the character Roger Otto in being the Ricardos. So has anyone seen being the Ricardos yet? I have not seen it. I must admit, usually they send us a uh, a, a screener link. I just they probably sent it. And I've been so busy. I did not watch it and the link probably has expired, but that's okay. Uh, I will watch it along with the rest of you. So uh, the character Roger Otter, I should say, is, uh, I misspell his word. His name there is Roger Otter O T T E R. He is a a high ranking studio executive at the Philip Morris company back in the day, and he is working directly with uh, Lucy. And by the way, Nicole Kidman. Oh my God, they make her look so much like Lucille Ball. Isn't that scary? How much she looks like her. And uh, Javier Bardem stars as Desi Arnaz uh, in this film. And Jeff, uh, our guest, Jeff Holman, also appears in the very successful series Showtime's Yellow Jackets uh, which just received the Critics' Choice Award nomination for Best Drama Series so let's bring on Jeff Holman and we're going to talk about his role and being the Ricardos as uh, the character uh, Roger Otter and what was it like working with uh, Nicole Kidman and uh, Javier Bardem and just what was it like working uh, on a film about two of the most iconic uh, entertainment personalities in history. That must have been such a thrill. So we're going to find out. We're going to find out right now. So let's bring on Jeff Holman right this very minute. I can't wait to get into Jeff's business about this film. You know how nosy I am. So let's bring Jeff on right now. uh okay so now i have you jeff holman on the phone we will not be disconnected again due to my fumbling and mumbling around with buttons how about that oh i love it okay jeff Let's just jump right in here. You are one of the principal actors on the highly anticipated new film, being the Ricardos. Uh, Oh, my goodness. The world has been waiting for this movie for so long. Of course, it's uh, about a portion of the, the lives of Desi Arnaz and the great Lucille Ball. Let's just find out where the, this couple has such a vast successful career and lives. Where does the film pick up on in their lives? Where does it start?
0: So it starts with, um, a, a, a table read on Monday. And this is basically the second year of the, I love Lucy show. And, uh, Like I said, it starts with a table read on Monday and goes to the film taping, uh, or the show taping on Friday, and it deals with not only the uh, problems and and intricacies of doing a television show with the cast and the crew and the revolving directors and and all of that, but on top of that, as, as Aaron Sorkin put it, they... Lucille Ball is pregnant at a time when you can't have pregnant women on television, and there are rumors about Desi's infidelity, and Lucy is accused of being a communist. So it's a whole bunch of stuff thrown into that one week that they have to deal with all at once. So that's, that's the time that it picks it up.
3: That is, that is not your typical day-at-the-office uh, scenarios for people's lives there <laughs> at all. <laughs> <Goodness>. Right, <laughs> right. No. Well, now tell us about your character, Roger Otter. Who, who is Roger, and how does he fit into all of this?
0: So Roger Otter is an executive with the Phyllis Morris Cigarette Company, uh, okay. and the they're the main sponsor of the show. And, you know, back then, you could have cigarette companies sponsoring all kinds of things. And so I, being uh, the executive at Philip Morris, I direct Lucy and Desi as far as what they can and can't do with their show. And um, just how well that goes for me, you'll have to see the film to find out. But as you can imagine, uh, with two strong personalities like that and two powerhouses, producers like that uh they have their own ideas of how they're going to do their show and uh it's it's just it it i i am one of one of the many foils uh, that they have in the in the movie so
3: well that's, i'm sure. that's my role that's your role so do you like roger or what do you think of him i do
0: you know as an actor you kind of have to like the roles that you're playing even the even the the ones who are maybe not so <laughs> viewed in the warmest regard. Uh, I, I like him because he he is he's trying to help Lucy and Desi you know, navigate the the uh, intricate world of television. He just has a specific idea of how that should be, and it doesn't quite jive with their ideas. So. I don't think he's a bad guy. He just has a different view of the world than what they have.
3: Well, of course, uh, as we all know, Nicole Kidman stars as Lucille Ball and Javier Bardem as Desi. Uh, Was this your first time working with either one of them or both of them together or what?
0: it was it was and you know I expected to be completely intimidated I mean they are Oscar winners you know they've done an incredible amount of of
3: about the prima donnas and prima donalds out here <laughs> uh, yes. yes we have yes. well now of course I know you're a good old all-american male just like so many of us out here um, grew up in America you just couldn't help but look at uh, I love Lucy and grew up watching the show just loving the show this show just never loses its appeal so uh, were there anything about in your research about this project that you found out that kind of surprised you? Because I'm sure you watched the show just like all of us did growing up.
0: You're absolutely correct. I loved the show growing up. Every day I'd come home from school and watch the Isle of Lucy show and I
3: I'm sure there are obviously plenty of actors and actresses who smoke away from the cameras, but it's just kind of, you know, hard to believe that at that era that they smoked back then. They were real people who smoked, and drank, and oh, yeah. <laughs> such as that.
0: Oh, man. Yeah, there was a lot of cigarette smoke on the set. Oh. Time.
3: They
0: had, well, they you know, had Desi and, and um, they had... Uh, Sorry, Javier and Nicole smoking. Uh, and then Aaron Sorkin likes cigarette smoke on film. And so the the person was like, okay, uh, who wants to smoke cigarettes? You know, the proper person. And, and we were all kind of like looking at each other like, mm, mm. and a couple of people were like, okay, I used to smoke cigarettes. I, I guess I could smoke a cigarette at the scene. They're like, oh, okay, great. But then they wanted more cigarette smoke. So they actually put cigarettes on little turkey basters, and they light them up, and then they, like, massage the turkey baster ball, and it would go... (laughs) <laughs> and like throw all this extra cigarette smoke into the air. Oh my gosh! It was so brutal. Like at the end of the of filming, those days in the office, it was uh, my eyes were stinging with all the cigarette smoke. It was yeah, but it was it, it was definitely a lot more around back then for sure.
3: Oh well, I'll tell you, directors know how to get what they need, and uh, I just love these backstories about how you guys do what you do. And it's so much fun to know the inside stuff it's, it's really cool so okay how much you know I, I know some of this is i mean these were real obviously real people but the storyline and some of the the incidents and scenes uh in the film did it actually did you know if it actually take place in uh desi and lucy's lives or what
0: yes these are all absolute true-to-life stories The only uh, difference is that they didn't all happen in that one week.
3: About and you beautifully explained it. Uh, if the uh, the children had uh, any say so in this project, but Lucy, you just answered that, and uh, obviously, so the whole family was on board with the pro with the film.
0: That's right. Yes, That's Lucy Arnez and Des Arnez Jr. were both executive producers, and uh, I-, I got to meet Lucy Arnez on-, on set. your lines are so great and i'm like hey um i'm jeff by the way and she's like oh yeah i'm lucy she takes her mask off i'm like oh my god oh my god wait a second wait hold on wait time out the
2: daughter of lucille ball thinks i'm funny
0: oh okay all right i can die i can die happy now
3: (laughs) oh jeff what a compliment my goodness
0: super nice Oh, yeah, yeah, I bit.
2: totally
0: lucked out being on the film, for sure. So, am working with Aaron, oh my god. Oh my goodness, so yes. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off.
3: No, that's yeah, okay. That's okay. So, so, okay, so so after the film wrapped and everything was said and done, did you have time to go back and look at some of the old episodes of I Love Lucy and just kind of look at it a whole different way or what?
0: You know what? I haven't gone back and watched any of them uh, since, um, but I'm so intimately familiar with them. I have thought about them a lot, and yeah, I did. I think about them completely differently now that I've seen the behind the scenes and just how I think Aaron does a brilliant job of showing what a comedic genius Lucille Ball was, and now, and she wasn't just like you know good with physical comedy and stuff like it really shows how she thought through and thought up the comedy and created the like the, the, the comedic scenes it was just uh fantastic to see that visual and i think he, he portrays it extremely well um so now knowing how she was so hard on every beat and every line. Now I can go back and and look at those and be like, okay, these really are masterpieces in every single episode.
3: They really are. And that just shows you about good comedy. It never loses its value. When funny is funny, it stays funny.
0: Forever. You're Mm -hmm. right. Absolutely. You can go back and look at these uh, 60 years later and there's still hilarious, and she is amazing.
3: Yep, she really, yeah, really Yeah, does. a lot
0: of respect for her.
3: Well, now, okay, now that that is all said and done, uh, let's talk about some of your other other work. Yellow Jackets, Showtime. Ooh,
2: <laughs> wow, talk about intense.
3: Really intense. Have I, you seen that one? I've seen a lot of clips of it. They've sent me a lot of clips, and I was like, ooh. This is wild. Mm -hmm. This is different. Mm -hmm. So you go from I Love Lucy to Yellow Jackets now. How do you you gear up for something like that for, for you?
0: Well, I actually did the pilot for Yellow Jackets a couple of years ago in Los Angeles and um then shortly after that the pan- pandemic hit and i was like eh, i wonder whatever happened to that show i never heard anything i guess you know showtime didn't pick it up or whatever and then they called my agents this uh, this past summer after throwing me in the ricardos and i was just kind of like hanging out and waiting for the next thing to come along and they I called my agent up. They're like, oh, hey, we're filming some more episodes up here in Vancouver. Can uh, your client come up here and do some more episodes? And we're like, woohoo, yeah. Okay. So they flew me up there and uh, put me up in a nice hotel. And, and uh, I was actually the first actor to work on a show who didn't have to quarantine for two weeks oh. because Canada changed their quarantine rules right before i went out to work on the show so i was the first person who only had to quarantine for five days um actually i didn't even have to quarantine i just kind of they had to get me there like five days early to make sure that everything was okay but i didn't actually have to quarantine or anything so i just have five days in vancouver on like their dime because of course they give me like a per diem and stuff you know <laughs> just like hanging out having a great time and then to go and film a film a, a scene and, and then go home the next day. Yeah. And, and that happened uh, happened twice. And the cool thing is that that every time they brought me back, my part was like twice as big as the last time. So like in the pilot, I only had two lines, and then in the first episode that they brought me back, episode six, they I had like six lines, and then when they brought me back for episode ten, I had like twelve lines. I was like, oh, this is great so
3: um well, one final thing here jeff how can people follow you and your career and what you're doing each week or each month uh, is social media out there for you or what
0: yes yes i'm on instagram i'm a jeff holman official okay jeff holman official
3: jeff holman official so we're going to go check you out and bother you from time to time and
0: just Follow me, I'll follow you back.
3: Okay, permission to follow Jeff Holman here. So, well, and
0: y'all be like following you back and bugging you about something. Be like, oh, (laughs) hey, please,
2: yeah, absolutely,
3: yeah, bug us, interacting
2: with people.
3: Oh, yeah. We, we love to be bugged. We, we bug a lot of people everywhere, so it's no problem. People all over in Moscow, we bug them. They bug us. It's good. It's all good. It's
2: Awesome. <laughs> Terrific.
3: Yeah. Well, Jeff, I tell you, it's been a pleasure chatting with you. Thank you for all the backstory information. Really cool stuff about Absolutely.
2: Loved it.
0: Loved it. Loved cool. It. Yeah, it was great talking with you. Thank you so much.
3: Absolutely. So we will see you on Instagram. We will see so you on television and the film big screen if they let us totally back in the movies hopefully eventually <laughs> <Right. laughs> so yes. thank you again and um, continued success to you
0: thank you very much I really appreciate it okay. uh, uh, and I'd love to come back and talk some more uh, stuff in the future
3: oh please do you've got our number you know how to find us just call us hey I got a new project can we talk we're here we don't mind. Awesome. <laughs>
0: okay. That's fantastic. It's a date. Isn't All right. It? Thanks again. I really appreciate it.
3: Okay. Take care then. Bye-bye. You
0: too. Bye-bye.
3: Okay. Wow. We are so out of time. Did we have a long lineup of guests for today? want to thank everyone. Jeff Holman, uh, being the Ricardos, if you haven't already seen it, uh, if you are Wanting to continue or maybe start the party tonight, make sure you stop by the Cosmo Hotel again at the uh, barbershop venue for the launching of the new Liquor Spirits brand, producer Mezcal, and listen to uh, some brand new music from recording star, Grammy Award winning uh, producer, performer, Switz Beats. He'll be right there putting out some new music for everybody to share. And also make sure that you watch uh, the Smithsonian channel on Monday night for the new docuseries that starts at 8 p.m. with their launching of uh, Black History Month. This will be a docuseries that will be uh, part two, three and four airing for every Monday for the month of February. So. Okay. We are out of time. I got to go get dressed. I got to go get dressed. I'll see you at the barbershop later tonight. And uh, we'll see you also next Saturday for another edition of Film Festival Radio Show. Thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next Saturday. Bye-bye.
2: Thank you
0: for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio. With your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at FilmFestivalRadio.com. Ooh, stop on Film
2: Festival Radio.